0: From a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this is My Worst Holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, your worst funeral, date, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or whatever is funny after the fact. Anything that's funny, we want to hear it. And with that being said, today is brought to you by Amazon. That's right, Amazon. It's the big dog. And if you're going to buy something from Amazon, you might as well buy it from us. Go to my website, www. Myworstholiday.com. It helps out a little bit. Also brought to you by Drops Laundry Detergent. Again, you can find this on my website as well as Tea Public. And today we have a very special guest. We have the legend Jack O'Halloran, boxer, actor. Jack, say hello. Hey guys, how are you? We're fantastic. Awesome. Better now that we're talking to you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I'm in the sunshine, you're in the snow area.
0: Oh my gosh, it's just awful here, it sucks. It
1: goes away every three days or so and then comes back. I <laughs> no, I was raised up in the East Coast, and
0: it's, uh, I'll stay out here in the sunshine, thank you very much. Yeah, no shit. So so on the East Coast, so where were you from?
2: Well, I was born in Philly, but I spent a lot of time in Philly, New Jersey, New York, Boston, a lot of time in Boston.
0: And Baston?
1: Boston, yeah. my <laughs> car in a corner. <laughs> I just went to uh, Philadelphia.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, a great
1: town. Yeah, Philadelphia, great
2: place to be from.
0: <laughs> See now, my hometown's different. My 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 hometown's a great place to leave.
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, let, let me tell you, cheesesteaks fresh from Philly, delicious. <laughs> cheesesteaks you got it boy I'm we, cheese steaks downtown South Philadelphia. We went to this place called Jims it was amazing because the uh, the guy the Uber driver he's like oh you don't want to go to those tourist traps you want to go to a good place and so we went to Jim's and it was awesome uh, so The Philly cheesesteaks are
2: it's the bread the rolls the rolls there are brilliant the bread is very good there
1: yeah well it's all fresh too.
2: Yeah, bread has a lot to do with it. It's the water. The water? You can't get, like, out here in California, you you don't get that kind of bread. Everything's sourdough out here.
1: That's a big thing out there.
2: Yeah, the rolls back there. But I mean, we were kids, hoagies and cheesesteaks was a way of life.
1: Well, that's a good way to uh, fill you up fast. They will do that. (laughs) <laughs> I'd be 300 pounds if I lived out there.
0: <laughs> all right, so Jack, uh, tell us, uh, tell us all about yourself, man. Uh, tell us all about your history. Where are you from, and what movies you've been in, and uh, your, your fighting career? We're really excited to hear about your fighting career, man. It's uh, we we both love boxing.
2: Well, I was uh, born in Philadelphia and I was raised there until. They built the Walt Whitman Bridge in the 50s, and everybody screwed it over to New Jersey. And I graduated high school in New Jersey, but Philadelphia. I always kept going back over the bridge. And um, and football was my first sport. You know, uh, playing ball. Was, I was, but when I played football, you couldn't play Pro ball until your class graduated college. They didn't have hardship cases in those days, so um, I had to wait till. I, my class graduated from college before I was allowed to play, so I, the Jets grabbed me after my freshman year of school, and I left, and they um, put me on a, to play on a team in the East Coast where a lot of Dick Christie and his brother, a lot of good ballplayers played until they were eligible to play up in the big league, and uh, when it came time to play, I, you know, Philadelphia had a great team, and they had a brand new owner, Jerry Wallman, and I um, said to Eubank, I-, I wanted to go down to Philly and play with some friends of mine. So they said, yeah, but you got a home here, so whatever you want to do. And then this guy, they hired Joe Kuharik as a coach, and he traded away a championship football team in about two months. So I said, well, that's not too good. And, and <laughs> Ali, Ali just won the title, and I said to a guy, you know, I can beat that guy. So they threw me into a gymnasium, and six months later, I was fighting professional. You know, so um, without an amateur career. So I, my amateur career was in the street, I guess. Right.
1: But I, uh, <laughs> I you know. I can learn somewhere. Yeah.
2: yeah Busted heads uh, is what I was doing. Then after 17 fights, I was undefeated, and they found I had this disease called acromyglia which is a tumor of the pituitary gland. And the doctor said, you shouldn't be fighting at all, young man. I said, yeah, good. Tell that to the guy next door. You know, I just, uh, but I was my own worst enemy. I, you know, boxing was a day job for me. It was, it was good to keep um, certain people away. Yeah, I, I, I was my father was a very nefarious individual from New York. The guy called Albert Anastasia, who had a little company called Murder Inc. And he,
1: uh, totally familiar.
2: He was, uh, partners with Luciana and Meyer Lansky and everybody. And, uh, so they, you know, I was involved in that world when I got over 16 years old, my father was assassinated when I was 14. Oh shit. And Meyer Lansky sort of raised me with, uh, Frank Costello. And, um, so I had, I had a day job boxing and a night job taking care of unions and doing different things and stuff. And, you know, you, you just always had to have a day job to keep everybody away from
1: you. Oh, wow.
2: But I, but I never trained as hard as I had a natural talent, which was kind of foolish because, I mean, I could fight 10 rounds standing on my head. Right. I, I, I would take a fight on a week's notice and stuff, and people, people thought I was a bit crackers, but, you know, it was, <laughs> uh, it was all right. You, so some... you what's know, great. Like, He's a great fighter that I should have never blown, but, you know, it's it's uh, it's all part of the game. You know, just uh, if I were to train like they trained today, uh, I think I would have been very hard to beat. I mean, I remember I was signed to fight Ali a few times, and he, he and I became good friends. And one time I, I, I beat a guy in Detroit who was ranked number two in the world, Alvin Blue Lewis, a pretty good fighter. He went 13 rounds with Ali in Ireland, then he came home and he beat Terrell and he beat another guy. And they called me on the phone one day and they said, do you want to fight Alvin Blue Lewis in Detroit? And I said, uh, can I get a license up there? And they said, absolutely, because I had my license suspended for a period of time in California for
0: organized crime. Oh. So I said, can I get a license? Man, the technicalities, said, Jack. The things that they'll suspend you for these I, days. I, you know? I said the same thing. Like, what the <laughs> hell? So they, I went up
2: and I, I beat Blue Lewis badly. I really beat him bad. 10 out of 10 in his hometown. And then I went to, up at Ali's camp in Pennsylvania to see him. To, to I wanted to talk him into fighting. And he, uh, because we were pretty good friends. And he, he uh, he, um. We're sitting down and we went, we went back in the gym we closed the door and we were banging on the door like we were fighting and all the all the reporters were outside drooling waiting for <laughs> what was going on. and he and i are standing there kicking the door and everything and he's laughing like hell he said yo you gotta scream jack yell yo, yell yo. <laughs> we went outside and he said to me if i give you an opera, if i give you a fight are you really going to try and beat me and i said let me tell you something for the very first time I will go to camp like you're in right now. And uh, you better bring a gun to the ring when you come to fight me, sunshine. <laughs> and he said, uh, two steaks, please. <laughs> 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 he was, we, had a, he, we had a good relationship. He was a good guy. And I bought his brother, his brother Rockman. I was When I was out in California, I was, I was in New Jersey, and they called me on the phone to uh, fight Kenny Norton, and I had uh, seven indictments against me for union problems, and uh, and the guy said, do you want to fight Kenny Norton, I said, when, he said, next week, I said, send me a ticket, he (laughs) said, you'll take the fight, I said, send me a ticket, I wanted to get out of New Jersey, so (laughs) I I went to San Diego, and I gave Norton a lacing, boy, I mean, we really got... Rob, that was a that was a really bad hometown decision. In fact, I could have actually sat on the stool in the ninth round. At the end of the ninth round, people were standing on the chairs. It was a great fight. We really, really him and I went at it, and people were standing on the chairs screaming. and They rang the bell three times before anybody heard it. <laughs> so he oh, wow. finally separated us, and I was going back to my corner, and he ran across the ring and hit me behind the head. Oh, jeez! And drove me into the ring post, and the, the commissioner, Joey Almas, jumped up in my corner and said, If you can't continue, you just won the fight on a foul. And I should have sat there like a fool because it was his hometown, but I was angry. I said,
0: Yeah. No, I'm going to be. I'm going I'm going
2: to I'm going to kill this clown. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I get out in the middle of the tent, I said, What the hell am I doing? Am I nuts or what? So, I, you know, they, he wanted a decision down there, but. I won the city. So I stayed there, banged out a few people, and then I beat Henry Clark for the state title. Nobody wanted to fight Henry. But I beat him for the state title. And while I was there, I was you know, fighting pretty regularly, like once a month and stuff like I used to like to do. And I, I get a phone call from Muhammad Ali, who had just bought a house in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And he was with a friend of mine, Gene Kilroy, who was very close to him. And he called me on the phone. He said, Jack, Ali wants to talk to you. And I said, yeah, put him on the phone. He said, you got to do me a favor. I said, I'll do you a favor. Sign a contract to fight me. (laughs) He said, we'll work it out, but you got to do me a favor. I said, well, what's the favor? He said, you're fighting my brother, Rockman. He said, you got to get him out of boxing, man. He's embarrassing me. So you got to really. So I said, that's your brother that I'm fighting? I was fighting this guy like within four or five days. I said, "That's your brother, Rockman's your brother." He said, "Yeah." I said, "Okay." So I figured myself, I am gonna get in the gym a couple of days. <laughs> I I didn't know who he was, I, you know. So I knocked him out in the ninth round. He never fought again.
0: <laughs> and, so so you like, thank you, Jack. <laughs> yeah, well, he was,
2: you know. He, we tried to so we tried to make a fight. He was supposed to fight me when he fought Norton. We had a deal. I mean, the guy that owned the Coliseum in San Diego was a Canadian kid, and we did a deal with Ali. We're giving him 40% of everything, and it was was a good deal. And uh, Bob Byron and Art Rifkin were two multimillionaires that owned Norton, and they went up to uh, Chicago with $3 million and gave it to Herbert Muhammad and Norton got the Ali fight. He and Ali called me on the phone. He was so embarrassed. He said, You know, Jack, I, I there's nothing I can do about it. I apologize, we'll work something out. And then I was supposed to fight him in Australia when he fought Bugner. Yeah. And and we were supposed to fight a couple times, but it just didn't didn't work out. You know, it was just uh, he was uh he was a trip. I, I kinda liked him a lot.
0: Awesome. But, you know, to, to everybody boxing, that's just watching, boxing, we're talking boxing. to Jack O'Halloran. He's a he's an, an ex professional boxer. He is an actor. Uh, his family's are his family's made people. Uh, it's uh, gosh, uh, he's been around. He's been, he's done a little bit of everything. He was uh, he was the 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 big bad guy on Superman two. Uh, he was in Dragnet. He was at Emil Muzz, which is my favorite role, Jack. I gotta Great. tell
2: you. was i to tell you something. You, you know Dragnet. You could watch Dragnet fifty times and you still wouldn't get all the one-liners that Danny Aykroyd put in there.
0: Oh, it was it was really good. Yeah, it I, I, I a lot watched. of
2: fun. And that was Tom Hanks' breakout movie. It was good. It was it was a good film. It worked out pretty well.
1: When you box, who who did you box? Who hit you the hardest?
2: You know, I tell you, people ask me that a lot. I, you know, I, I, I tell you a story. We really, this is, I get a phone call from a guy called Lou Viscuzzi, who's a promoter out of Florida, and he was promoting fights in Houston, Texas. So he called me on the phone. He said, uh, listen, you want to fight Terry Daniels in Houston? And I said, yeah. He said, uh, so he sent me a ticket, and, and I went out down to Houston, and I got off the plane, and he picked me up, and he said, my God, you're in shape! I said, were well, aren't you supposed to be in shape when you come to a fight?" But I, I was in shape because I couldn't go out. I We had problems with the union, so I had to stay indoors. So I went to the gym a lot. So I, I, I knocked in. I destroyed this kid. I just the uh, third round. I just did just he was. I knocked him out for a half an hour. It was. I thought I hurt him bad, actually. Yeah. But, but anyway, I'm on a plane coming back to Philly, and Yang Dorms on the plane with me, and he said to me. You fight one more good fighter, and you can have the Frazier fight. Because they were looking for uh, somebody to fight Joe Frazier in Houston, Texas. Preferably a white guy. And uh, and I said, uh, hey, I'm white. New, I said, you name the fighter and the place, and then send me a ticket. And he said, you You serious? I said, what did I just tell you? You name the place and the time, just send me a ticket. So they called me up a week later and they said, you'll fight Cleveland Williams in Houston, Texas in a couple weeks. And I said, fine, just uh, send me a ticket. So I went down to Houston and I I stayed training and I was in pretty good shape. And I went down and I destroyed Cleveland. Cleveland was a good guy. And uh, he hit me, though, in the third round. Thank God I was in shape because my toes shook. <laughs> he could punch. He hit me a left hook, boy. I tell you, he hit me a left hook, and I I fell back into the corner, and he came charging, and I thumbed him, and I cuffed him, and I spun him around, and I whispered in his ear, "Old oh, man, you never touch me the rest of the night." And I gave him a boxing lesson. And he was. But he was a real—he was a good guy. I—I I mean, I had him out cold in the eighth, ninth, tenth round. I, I kept grabbing him under the elbows and pulling him up and saying, "Don't be falling down on me, man. We've been dancing all night.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're holding him up."
2: Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, because if he got knocked out, it was, you know, he—he was—it was—he he needed the money. And you know, if, if he goes with a decision, he still gets paydays after that. You know, because he oh, was a world-ranked oh. fighter. Yeah.
0: Played so you're, you're just a great a fucking good guy. But, but you got to keep pelting him the whole time, though. Cleveland was a good fighter. so I,
2: But after the fight, I figured, okay, why am I fighting Frazier? So they Terry Daniels fought Frazier, and Cleveland fought George Saval on the same card. And nobody would fight me after that. Because mm. I banged out two guys who were ranked fighters in a row. That scared everybody. So <laughs> I was part of boxing, you know what I mean? Right, right. But if my father had been alive, I'd have been, I'd have fought for the title a lot of times. That was a whole different kettle of fish. Yeah. I would yeah. have went to camp and I would have trained properly. And, but I had a good I manager said, when I started my out. My son just,
0: is going to fight Ali. Anybody got a problem with that? There would be no problem. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Mr. Murder Inc. No, no. There, there would I think have been that's...
2: no problem whatsoever. Trust me. <laughs> Albert was a pretty nefarious
0: guy, boy. He uh, <laughs> was, So, uh, which, which brings me to the story that I, I've been... Because Steve Joyner told me the story. And I always like to hear the stories raw and real. Um, but he went ahead and told me the story um, about Christopher Reeve talking shit to the bartender about you during uh, Superman 2. Well, I
2: tell you, you know, people have blown this story so out of proportion.
0: You listen. Know, you know, Is that right?
2: You worked you work with you work with people for three years. There's always going to be a disagreement somewhere along the line. Yeah? Right. So there was an, a great Italian restaurant in London called the San Lorenzo, which were owned by friends of mine. And Mara and and Lorenzo were probably the best tours you ever met in your life. They could work a restaurant, unbelievable. So I used to promote the restaurant at Pinewood. You know, all the, everybody, the whole crew and cast went in there to eat, you know, because it was my kitchen. I used to eat there every night because I lived down the, straight down the corner of Cadogan Square, and I walked up to the restaurant every night. I used to eat there. So I used to, you know, all the everybody used to go in there, Hackman, everybody went there in there to eat because the food was brilliant. So Christopher was in there one night. And he's talking about my father, he's talking about me, he's talking about the mafia from New York and all this garbage. And uh, Lorenzo called me on the phone, he said, Jack, he said, "Uh, how well do you know this kid, Christopher Reeve? And I said, well, we work together. I said, well, what's the problem? He said, I don't know. He said, he's in here talking about a lot of things I don't think he should be talking about. (laughs) And I said, "Uh, what? And he told me. So the next day I went to work and I grabbed hold of Christopher I took him in a room, just he and I, and I had a conversation with him. And um, I thought I had it all sorted out, you know, no problem. I just told him flat out. And we went back out into the hall where everybody's in the hallway. And he starts, all of a sudden, he thinks he's Superman. He said, you can't talk to me that way and tell me. (laughs) I said, "What <laughs> can you say? You can't talk to me and tell me what I can do." I said, "Wow!" So I grabbed but the. I can yell in front air.
0: of you. I can yell at you in front of witnesses so that they can see.
2: I, I pushed him against the wall, and I was just ready to hit him. I was, but I was mad. I was going to hit, and, and Richard Donner jumped in my ear and he said, "Not in the face, Jack. Don't hit him in the face." <laughs> <laughs> All I, right. All I right. just dropped him on the floor. I laughed like hell. That's what I did. I busted out laughing. And I walked away. and I said, you don't know how lucky you are, kid. And and, and I just walked away. And and never had another problem with him after that. You know what I mean? Uh,
1: And
2: everybody made this whole blown-up thing. Oh, my God, you almost killed Superman. Well, (laughs) he would have got an ass-whooping, that's for sure. He would have got an ass-whooping, that's for sure. Well, you know, like the
0: audacity of him coming out.
2: Christopher was like a kid. Christopher was a young kid, you know. It was the first movie... It was the first movie that he had ever done, big, you know, and he was like a kid. And, and I'll tell you something, they will never find another actor that will do Superman and Clark Kent as well as Christopher Reeve did. Nobody will ever, ever duplicate it. And, that, and that's because of Richard Donner. Yeah, Richard Donner got a performance out of that young man. that and That's probably the best picture he
1: ever did. We uh yeah. we've had this discussion not us, but I I'm on another uh with another podcast and we've had that discussion many times where balance wise he's he's top of the line. Yeah, playing Clark no, Kent. I was mean it was the
2: sad part was that they were looking to do like Ken Superman, mm-hmm. you know, and when they got rid of Donner which was a mistake. boy. Right, right. And, you know, and people said, well, Donner wanted too much money. I said, no, that's not the reason why they fired him. They they brought Lester on the set and I saw him coming and walking around. I said to somebody, well, what's the deal with this guy? Said, oh, the all kinds owe him a movie. And I said, oh boy. So they were walking him around and, you know, and they already had it in their minds that they're going to get rid of Donner because they didn't want to pay him and they, how do you cut Marlon Brando out of a picture? Uh, yeah. You know, they had already paid him. He was already paid. He did one and two together. The first 11 days of shooting was Marlon. They had to get him on film to get the money from Italy for the movie. So the first 11 days was Marlon Brando. And that, and that was all the footage he shot for both movies. And they cut him out because they didn't want to pay the points to him.
0: Oh, jeez.
2: So they cut him out of the movie. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the Donner cut. Uh, I don't know if I have. Uh... Oh, you should. You should see the Donner cut of Superman 2. Much better movie. Oh. Well, I... It's got Brando. Brando did all of his work in it. Did all the work in it. It was great. It's a great movie. Anyway, so they cut him out. But see, if, if yeah, Hackman never came back. Hackman, because we had shot 85% of Superman 2 already. And they had to go back and reshoot some of it because when a director comes on the picture, he can't put his name as a director if he doesn't shoot 50% of the movie or better. Right. So they had to go back and reshoot some stuff and uh, and Hackman didn't come back. And if Christopher would have stood up and said, no Donner, no me. Right. It would have been a whole different franchise because Donner would have done two, three, four, five, six. You know? Right. He was because he, he was so much into Superman. I mean, he was really into the product. Him and him and uh, Mankiewicz both, and and Dick did all the comic books. Dick did Superman comic books for years.
1: It's a difference when somebody actually loves the subject matter.
2: Oh, he 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 just he, he ate it up for
0: and he, and you could tell. I mean, it was a great movie. And, and he under, too.
1: and he understood the character of Superman. Right. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like Snyder, when he did his Superman, right, Very he didn't know what he was doing.
2: No, they they and they got darker and darker. It's, yeah. it's, it's, and it's like, you no, know, it's it's really sad. Superman three was 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 with Pryor was a joke and right, oh, yeah, that was awful. Awful. Oh. that was awful. Yeah, that Superman was awful. Superman four, Superman four was, I mean, they, that was
0: a canon picture. Warner I don't, don't even even do What was
1: I, Superman for? I, I, don't, I
0: don't know. I don't even they remember. Lost, it. They lost me at three. Yeah, at three that was done. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but they, you know it's, it's just really sad that they didn't. Uh, I mean, if they would have let Donner Donner stayed there, that would have been a whole different franchise. So they cut their own nose off because they would have made a lot more money. That's how dumb they were. Right. But you know it is what it is. Well, you know. So what well, we're thinking of doing now, because the technology's there. <laughs> We're going to bring Christopher back, and we're going to do... I've got an amazing storyline to bring back Christopher and the three villains. And you do it with this hologram technology, and nobody ages, you know what I mean? Right. And uh, we have an amazing storyline, which will work extremely well. And we'll take it back to the way we did the Superman, where nobody's killed everybody all the time, you know what I mean?
0: Right, right, right. And
2: with all these... What Marvel's done is they've brought all these villains from different planets in, so we would make it to where the three villains partner up with Superman. There's oh. a technology that we oh, it's cool. It's a real, really neat storyline. And so, we get so the they bring him back from the so
0: they bring him back from the Forbidden Zone to to help.
2: Yeah, they bring him right back
0: to Earth with that to help uh, to help um, Christopher now, now, would, now, now would, would hackman still own uh, Australia oh yeah for sure you have to be <laughs> off the beach though you'd have to get
2: off the beach and come back into the game you know geez <laughs> <laughs> such a good guy well, I tell you he's a, he's a really great nice actor
0: and a nice that, is, that is nice to hear you know because you know you sit there and you 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 uh you 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 watch your their hollywood icons and you and you think like like, cause the press is always gonna try to spin shit and stuff like that. It's nice to hear like somebody with firsthand uh, uh, experience, you know, talk about like these guys. Like, yeah, what a great guy, you know. Oh, I, mean, I mean,
2: you t- you see, you take you take guy like Brando. Yeah. I mean, Brando is such an amazing actor.
0: Shit. Hold on, Jack. I'm really
2: lucky in my career. I worked with Robert Mitchum, who was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, oh no, shit! N- not very many better than him. Believe me when I tell you. Mitchum was great, and, and and I worked with him and Brando and Hackman and Omar Sharif. I did a picture with him and Jimmy Coburn called The Baltimore Bullet, which is a really good little movie. It just didn't have the money to promote it properly.
0: Really, uh, The Baltimore uh, Bullet,
2: yeah, Baltimore Bullet. You know, if you like pool, pool playing. Yep. We did. We actually did the nine ball tournament at MGM. Willie Moscone, everybody's in it. All the pool hustlers from around the country.
0: Yeah, Minnesota
2: Fats. Yeah,
0: Minnesota
1: Fats
0: in it. Yeah, I love Minnesota Fats. As yeah. A kid. yeah, he would oh, talk shit bullet, like Willie Mays. Willie would be shooting, and, and Minnesota Fats would be just sitting there, just talking shit, like just just talking in the background, just distracting, you know. It was great.
2: I mean, it, it was, We had a great time, and I I knew most of them because they're all scammers, you know. They're all hustling guys from around Detroit and all that stuff. All right. They were. Give me just a second, here, Jack. I got to tell
0: everybody who I'm talking to. Everybody has just joined us. I'm talking to Jack O'Halloran. Uh, he is a actor. He's an ex professional boxer. Uh, he's a he's a fantastic guy. I'm, I'm, we're listening to old school Hollywood here, and my mind is absolutely blown. Union advocate. Oh my gosh! Uh, Michael Mueller is starting a. Uh, He's starting a production company. He's got a, a studio that he's building down in Atlanta right now, and he has a movie coming out on the 21st of March, I believe. It's called The E-Listers, and it says, uh, uh, I can't wait for it to come out. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks for watching. Uh, again, we're talking to Jack O'Halloran. Uh, Jack, go ahead.
2: Yeah, so, you know, talking about studios, we're building a studio in Nevada. Oh, really? Really? We're putting the biggest studio in the history of the industry in Nevada. Four million square foot studio. Oh, shit. Yeah. We're, gonna, we're building, and we're building it out of industrial hemp, which is even cooler yet. What? And then we're, we're putting a smart city next to it that'll house 25,000 people. So we're going to give everybody, you know, the is going to move to Nevada. We're going to give a seven-year work contract out to all the technicians and all. It's, kinda, it's great. It's, it's a. We've been doing this for, putting this together for a couple of years. It's
1: going to be a lot of fun. I have I have a question about the movies, Jack. Yeah. Uh, I feel, I, I'm a big fan of like the old Universal Monster Pictures, and, and I like old Hollywood and stuff. I, I know it wasn't really beneficial, but if they could have reworked it, do you feel like uh, actors who got like contracts from certain, because you can always loan them out and stuff like they did, but, like, let's say a studio offers someone a 10-year contract to do movies for them. Not like the old way where it really was a bad deal in a lot of ways. But if they because you get familiarity. You, you watch, like, the old Universal Monster Pictures. And the same guy is the, uh, and I'm totally forgetting his name, but he was the, the cop oh, in.
2: You could do that today. And, in fact, this is what we're going to do, is that there's a formula for making movies and where points are valuable again. yeah. And if you give points out to actors in the film, uh, they're in perpetuity. So it's an income that will go on for as long as the movie exists, okay? Yeah.
1: Well, that's and nice.
2: that's better than paying a bulk amount of money for taxes and everything sure. in the first year that you're working, you know? Right. So it's, it, the points will be valuable again, not like what the studio's did. Uh, the studios had the studios had a version of of neck that was unbelievable yeah so and the people never saw money so they started getting huge salaries
1: creative economy you know,
2: which blew up the, I mean to spend a hundred million dollars to do a movie is ridiculous right totally I, I, right. ridiculous
0: I see now see Michael Mueller uh, he's built his studio he's in Atlanta and they're getting yeah. tax breaks like out the ass in Georgia. And everybody's running out there, and they're doing movies out there. Well, but they're not did. using any of the local talent. And this is why Michael's trying to do, like, he's building his own studio to, and uh, and trying to do movies and to get local talent out there instead of just people just flying them in and flying them the fuck out, you know? I, well, you know,
2: the problem, when you see the, every, see, you have North Carolina, then you have Georgia, and Kyler and, and Murray's got a big studio in Georgia. Uh, you know, so here's the deal, and here's the problem with that. You have to have a lot of product to make the studio work. Right. Okay. And which means that the problem is that they, and, and the state gives a tax deal out. And if you don't have a bunch of product, that tax deal doesn't work as well. Okay. Oh. So what we've done in, and, and, and what happens is like North Carolina, it falls apart, you know, and it could because, be caused. Producers, all they look about, they say, oh, there's a tax deal, we're gonna run over there. Then they get there and they don't realize that there's not enough technicians, so you gotta fly people in, Sure. technician-wise. Mm-hmm. You gotta bring the actors in. So by the time you fly in everybody, house them, feed them and all that stuff, now you're down to, you know, you've eaten up the tax deal money and if you have any glitches anywhere, you're tearing pages out of a script to make it work. Oh. That's why you've got so many bad movies. All right. So if you if you turn around though, and make the proper deal with the state, which is what we're doing in Nevada, I'm not asking the state of Nevada to write a check off their budget. We're doing a tax-rateable deal. In other words, the amount of business we bring into the state, we want a piece of the action off of the taxes of it. So the state's not taking it off their budget, which isn't hurting the state at all. All right? So if we build the size studio I'm talking about, and we're going to put everything involving entertainment under one roof for the very first time in the history of the business, everything that you can think of from movies to television to putting the, the large sound stages in are required, water bodies, everything in one place, and a smart city where people only have to travel 15, 20 minutes to work instead of two hours. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. You're taking all the stress and everything off, so you're making better product, period. I think all the, the way around the board. I, I
1: think the long term wow. contracts and stuff too is good because. Uh, with well, you give security together. of a
2: job. You give somebody a seven-year contract that's a job security. But, but you can sit down with actors and you can put parlay of actors together. Like, you know, you, in the old movies, like you said, you've seen the same
1: cast over and over and over again. Yeah. You know? uh, I think and, you build chemistry as well. And I think that's, what, does. Made, I think that's what made those old movies better just for the fact that these guys worked with each other. They had the timing down. They knew how the other one's nuances. Uh, but it's, it's a, the, you know, the
2: movie business is a funny, I mean, I, I remember when I, when I started, and I, you know, they came to me in, in 1966 to do, I went up to Boston. I, I started boxing in Philadelphia. I had a few fights and then I got into a rhubarb in the street. And, uh, And they had, they they shipped me out of town, they sent me to Boston, so that before I got in real trouble, and,
0: so I went to Boston, and I was boxing (laughs) out of Boston, Boston. it's known for its pleasantries,
2: and they, well that's funny, let me tell you something, I'll tell you a funny story, it was, it was around Christmas time, and it was snowing like crazy, and I, I come into South Station in Boston. On, I had to go by train because they were looking for me until they sorted the deal out. I couldn't go to the airport and fly up. So they snuck me on a train and set me up to Boston on the train. And, and, and I come out of South Station, and it's snowing. And the guy's picking me up there. Johnny Donaruno is a great trainer. Boy, he trained a lot of great fighters. He picked me up at the train station. And as I come out, there's... A, car racing down the street and the cops are chasing the car and you're shooting, bing, bing, bing. Oh, shit. And I said, wow, man, this is my kind of city. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right at home, damn. And this guy laughed like hell, man. <laughs> You know, but it was... uh Hey, Boston's a great city. I mean, it's a terrific city. I yeah, love it sounds
0: Boston. like it. I can't fucking get to go. Boston's like home.
2: <laughs> I, I, I kind of really
0: like Boston, but, you know, it's uh, Come to Boston. You might yeah, get please shot. Please come yeah. to Boston. You yeah, might and, not. And, Who fucking knows? It's a
2: great, that's a great... That's a, that's a, Boston's a terrific city. As like a Yankees fan,
1: I'll have to uh, agree to disagree. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, too, like, the weather's terrible, man. I mean, my God, it so can't get I much worse than this. I've been all my life. And I, you know, it's just... So anyway, they, while I'm up there, they, they they come in to do the Thomas Crown affair, Steve McQueen. Yeah. So we looked after Steve when he came in town to make sure nobody harmed him. And he and I became very good friends.
0: You Steve and Steve McQueen? I he... love Steve McQueen. Oh,
2: fuck. Steve McQueen. So the Great said, Escape, you
0: know, man. The Great Escape, one of the best movies ever made.
2: Oh, unbelievable movie. So he came down and he said, you got to come to the set. He said, "And I'll get you. You got to. I get your part in the movie. You got to come back to Hollywood, Jack." And I said, no, nah, man, that, that's not my stick." He said, "No, no, I'm telling you, we'll have a ball." T was a really good kid, so I I passed on it, and I went on boxing, and and then I knocked out this guy Ramos in in, in California, and and he was a world ranked fighter, and I and banged him out, and they offered me a picture called The Great White Hope with James Earl Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which was the biggest movie in Hollywood at the time. And right. And then I found out that the deal was put together by a friend of mine from Rhode Island, Raymond Patriarca, who was one of the more serious dons in the country. And he did it because they wanted to get me off the street. And the guy said to me, and I and all I had to do was go in and sign a contract. I, they flew me out from, from California. And Eddie Foy third was at Fox, and he put the deal together. And I went in and met the producer. And, and the guy said, well, we're going to take you to Spain for six months. And we're going to shoot this movie. Bye-bye. I said, wait a minute. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I just knocked out the number two heavyweight in the world. And I'm looking to fight Muhammad Ali. And you want me to go away for six months to do a movie? <laughs> I said, I don't think so. So, <laughs> I, so I, I I passed on it. And, I, and I'm and i leaving Fox. And James L. Jones is, is coming in. And he stopped me. And he said... It's just just show you how fast things roam around. He said, you're Jack O'Hara. And I said, you're James Earl Jones. He said, <laughs> he said, is it true what I just heard about you? And I said, well, I don't know what you heard. He said, you just told Hollywood to take the biggest movie out here and stick it. And I said, well, I guess if you want to call it that. He said, going to shake your hand. i never met anybody that did that before.
0: James Earl Jones is like... He, he's like one of my ultimate heroes. I love James Earl oh, Jones. Oh, super guy! Really, a super
2: individual. Really,
0: really a good person. Like, like hey, uh, really h- person. H- his hey. bit in um, the Sandlot was just. Never seen it.
2: He was a great actor. hes a good, I mean, he. So he. And then McQueen called me on the phone. He said, What is wrong with you, man? We're trying to get you to come to Hollywood. I said, Yeah, well, guess what? Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling. You're telling Steve McQueen, and McQueen to go did did a picture, You're McQueen talking to come to Do you remember McQueen doing Towering Inferno? Yes, yes. His name was Captain and He called me on the phone. He said, How do you like your name up in the screen, Jack? <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh man, get out. So then when I got retired from boxing and they came to me to do Farewell, My Lovely with Robert Mitchum, and I said, you know, I think it's time. So they flew me out and I did a screen test and Mitchum said, well, it's either him or I don't do the movie. Right. And uh, so I, you know, and, and we're going to work and Mitchum arranged for us to go to work together. They picked him up at his house, and they came and got me at the hotel where I was staying in Hollywood, and and we went to work together.
0: And, you and Robert Mitchum?
2: Yeah, we drove down to work together every okay. day. And, you know, he became—I mean, I, I remember the very first day. This is the first day I've never been on a set before. Never did anything involving films. Never took any acting classes or any of that jazz. So we get in the car, and we're driving down to the set. And uh, they were bullshitting. But as he comes in the hotel, I get a phone call from the from the front desk. He said, your car has arrived, Mr. Howard. So I come down bouncing into the lobby, and there's Mitchum standing against the wall with sunglasses on. And nobody recognized him. And I walked out. Nobody's said,
0: recognizing oh. Robert Mitchum?
2: And he said, this must be Jackie O. I said, <laughs> okay. So... And we got into a real good conversation all the way to the set. And we, And I, I'm walking up to get, I'm all dressed up and everything ready to go to go to work on, the, on my first day of shooting. And he and I are standing at the bottom of a pair of steps getting ready to go up. And he said to me, you read that script kid. I said, read it. I know your part, Charlotte Rampy's part, John Ireland's part. Harry D. I said, I know. it." He said, good. Throw it in the trash can. I said, what? 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 He said, "Don't let me catch you doing like thousands of people out in this town acting. Just be yourself." He said, "Just be you, and take this character, stick him in you, and walk down the street like the character." And I said, oh, okay." <laughs> and we got up on a set and, 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 he, and we got in front of the camera for the first time. And he said, "Look right." And he taught me. He said, "Look right through that camera, get an eye mark. Let the camera find you." I said, okay. And uh, he said, see all those people behind the camera? And I said, yeah. He said, don't let any of them ever bother you because once that little red light goes on, the celluloids on you, kid. They're all replaceable. You're not. (laughs) So I said, okay. So then we do the first shot, first shot, and they're moving the cameras around and everything. And I looked at him. I said, what's going on, man? What's the deal? He said, "You really don't know." I said, "Well, what am I asking you for?" He said, "That's it, kid." I said, "That's all there is to this shit?" He said, "Yeah." I said,
0: <laughs> "Damn, I'm a star, man." <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, let let, let me—I'm going to throw your name out here again. Everybody, we're listening to Jack O'Halloran. Uh, he is a legend in Hollywood. He played—he was in Dragnet. He was in Superman 2. He was an ex-professional boxer. This guy—they're building a studio out in Nevada with a smart city attached to it. Um, if you don't know Jack, Google him. He's, he's fucking fantastic. So, uh, uh, Steve Joyner, thanks for joining us. He's watching us on Facebook Live, Steve is right now. Uh, can't thank you enough for hooking me up with Jack. Uh, Kenrick Reagan from... Uh, Spoiler Country. Spoiler Country is watching. So The Overlord. There you go. All right, Jack, back to you, brother. So, they, they, you know, we just... Uh, we,
2: he said, this is it. This is I said, wow, man. So then I said to him, "What is a star?" And he said to me, "It's a word called presence, you know. The camera either you have it or you don't. They can't teach it to you. Either the camera loves you or it doesn't. One or the other. And you know, it just... and he was he was so he I mean, he just walked me down the street and put me into. So I blame
0: everything on him. Was Robert Mitchum. He's talking about hanging out with Robert Mitchum. Was he
1: your favorite to work with?
0: I well Robert was, yeah.
2: Then Brando was laughing. Brandon and I were good friends. Brando could not wait to meet me because he knew my father. No. And he and and Mitch, Brando comes in, you go down on the set and say hello to him tell him I said hello. I said, Okay, so I was down on the set the first day to see Marlon and he was surrounded by newspaper guys and all that stuff and he saw me, he pushed him aside, come over to say hello to me and I and I said, wow. So he and I became pretty good friends. And he he was, uh, you got to understand, when this guy walks on the set, you can hear a pin drop. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, but, and so I'm sitting down watching him go to work one day and he's up on a set and i seen him do something I never saw anybody do before. They, every once in a while, the camera gets a glitch in it or something. And they'll say, well, got to do it again. And they break or come back, and Marlon said, "Uh uh-uh, just stay right here. You guys fix that damn camera. And he turned around, and he turned back into the set, and he did the scene. But he has cue cards everywhere. They're all over the place. So he came down off the set, and I said to him, what is with the cue cards, man? And I said, are you that divorced from this thing that you 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 need to have? He said, no, man. He said, this is – he said – and he was a great Shakespearean actor, and he sat there and he ripped off a couple of parables of Shakespeare. And he looked at me and he said, "That you must know word for word. This stuff, piece of cake." <laughs> he said he had the cue cards because he didn't want the camera. He want the camera to, to to look like he had studied the lines. Right, he wanted to look like he was taking them out of the air. And I said. Marlon you're full of shit you said well that's what he did to Shakespeare business he's, he's, he was a good guy I like Marlon you know, a lot
0: you, you picture like somebody like doing like him doing like Shakespeare you know he was great Shakespearean he was a great <laughs> like, actor but, period. but then but then he's in that movie where he's like uh, he's like having sex with this girl and he's like no at the end shove your finger right in my ass so <laughs> <laughs> he was he was he was a, he was a
2: trip I'll tell you, he was uh he did that picture. What the hell was the picture he
1: did that it was really? Oh, God. Apocalypse Now? Oh. No, no, no. No, was no this was like it was
0: like a hippie movie, in the, like, he was yeah, yeah, and like he's yeah, 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 yeah. it
2: was a French movie. Yeah, yeah like in Paris? Paris. Oh is that what yeah, that like, yeah. It? No, no. He he did some. He, that poor girl. <laughs> wow, 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 was a trip though. Was wow, 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 was a good guy. I really really liked him And Hackman's a good guy. Hackman's a very methodical actor though. Very Hackman walks on his head. The director starts moving people around. Gene will say, "Whoa." Did you do your homework last night? <laughs> I'll be in my trailer. When you get everything all set up, let me know.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Mitchum was the same way. I mean, Mitchum, one day we were walking on, we were, we were walking down, this, we wrote down on the Queen Mary, and we were walking, and we had a, a great cinematographer, John Alonzo, who won the Oscar for Chinatown. Ooh. We had four Oscar-winning crew people great movie. on Star Wars, My Lovely. And, uh, John Alonzo was a cinematographer. And Dick Richards came from the commercial world, so it was like his second film that he was directing. And John Alonzo really wanted to be the director, so there was always controversy back and forth. So we're walking down to the set, and Robert said to me, Just stand behind me and listen and learn. I said, Okay. So I figured he's up to something. Right. So he walks down on the set, he takes the script, and he throws it in the middle of the floor. And he said, "Here's the deal, guys. If you two people can't stop your arguing and bickering back and forth, I got a string of limousines outside with Jewish lawyers in them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So when you get your shit together, give me a call." And he took it to her. He said, "Come on, kid. Let's go back and let's go back and bullshit with Charlotte Rampling." <laughs> oh my kid!
0: Yeah, no shit. We went um... back
2: to you know, and he was right. You know, he just did. Because one guy's directed a picture, either directed or you know don't. So they, um, but it was it's cool. You know the guy was it was uh, you just it's, it's a learning experience the industry and just some great people in it, and I've just been very fortunate to have worked well, well, with some Jack, great people. To be people. honest,
0: I, I, I think you've met them all. I might like, you know, I I ain't heard I one, Like, man. like, fuck! You're just you're just like, pop up, Steve McQueen, Robert Mitchum, Marlon Brando, yeah. you know, Gene Hackman. Oh, I tell you, who was a good, you know, uh, Richard Donner, Christopher Reeve. Omar what Sharif.
2: The? Omar Sharif was a trip. Omar, we're doing the Baltimore Bullet, yeah, and and Omar had just came off the plane. Omar and he was
1: Sharif, there. fuck, yeah.
2: So he just got off the plane, and he'd come down, and they were checking his makeup. So I was sitting there wait, talking to him, because I was waiting for him to come down and say hello to him. And, and we're sitting there shooting shit, and, and all these guys, these pool hustlers from all over, Moscone, all, of, all the pool hustlers are, 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 are around his chair, dying to get him into a backgammon game. Because Omar was a was a tremendous gambler. I mean, he uh, he created the first board game, for backgammon. Yeah? So these guys, are they, they want to get him into a backgammon game. And he said, yo, guys, you know, I've just got off the plane. They're checking my makeup. And he said, as soon as I get free here, we'll, we'll sit down. So he says to me, you got to come and watch this, Jack. This will be fun. So I said, okay. So we, we go over, and these guys got this backgammon board set up and all that stuff. Now, this is Omar and,
0: Sharif, right?
2: Yeah, this is Omar Sharif. And, and they said to Sharif, they said, uh, you know, he, Omar said, to him, well, what are we playing for, guys? And they said, well, we figured maybe, you know, $20 a point. And uh, Omar said, uh, why not 200 a point? <laughs> and their eyes get big, man. They figure, oh, they got a real sucker now. <laughs> he said, "So I never saw a guy take 40 grand off of people faster in all my life. <laughs> I mean, he spun that cube, man, and I'll tell you what, he just, boom, went around that board like he was taking grand from Richmond, man. I said, look at this, and these guys' mouths dropped right open, and he just scooped up all the money. He said, thanks, guys, I got lunch money now for the rest of the picture. Awesome. <laughs> no way! And he—he he was a funny. He was—he was a good guy. We were sitting having breakfast in New Orleans. We shot part of the picture in New Orleans, and we're sitting having breakfast, and these women were lined up around the block, waiting, waiting for him to come out of the
0: restaurant. Oh yeah! And, and they, I said they came them, out with their panties on a stick, saying, nice "I and said, under.
2: I said, man, I said, you go through this shit all the time." He said, Oh man, he said, This is crazy, Jack. He said, This is every day I gotta go through this shit. I said, Such a bad life, <laughs> I, huh? All said, this no, pussy. I how do I so do it?
0: You know, Jack, I have to put up with all this pussy all my life. Can you imagine oh, it funny. how oh, horrible God. that must be to have all this pussy <laughs> just throwing itself at you every well, day? i I'll
2: tell you, I, you know what? I'm in London shooting Superman 2. And Robert was over there doing uh, the big sleep. Okay. And so he wouldn't go out in the street unless I went with him, you know, because he people just people, you know, trying to grab him for autographs and stuff. So we're we're out walking one day, and, and we go into Harris. He had to get some flints for his lighter. Yeah. Yeah. So we walk into Harris, so and we go up to a little stand, like a smoke stand, and and he's getting flints for his lighter, and this woman. Came at him out of it the, because they surrounded around him. as soon as they see him. Boom, boom, boom. Robert Mitchell, oh my God. So this woman, she came out of the and she charged at him with her leg up in the air, <laughs> <laughs> no knickers on, and she's flying at him. And I pulled him aside and she went crashing into the thing. And, and I grabbed him. We went outside and no. jumped in the cab. And I said to him, Man, is that shit happening to you all the time? He said, You ain't seen nothing. He said, you, he said, Do You think they would have done it when I was younger?
0: You <laughs> should like, like I was joking when I said they was throwing a pussy at him. But no, 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 she, no was she was Jewish. Jewish, she was throwing a pussy at him.
2: So. Oh my god! That's why I, That's why I told you story. I, I laughed my ass off. I said, "Whoa, oh my bro!" Gosh. He's uh, Robert was. I mean, he was like a magnet, man. Poor, they were
0: poor sh- Robert Mitchum.
2: And mean, Brando the same way. You talking about Brando? Was they, they, they were? I mean, oh god, it was a. Uh, you
0: no, know. are you talking to Streetcar named Desire Brando? Or are you talking Oh yeah, about God, it really it Brando? Brando. Yeah. It didn't really matter with Brando, no. yeah. No. The real deal, Brando man. Well, I was don't know. A streetcar trip. named Desire, I, I might have done him, you know. But I mean, <laughs> from what I hear, he might have let you. He might have let
2: He was, a, he was a trip. Marlon was a good guy, boy. I liked him a lot. He was, a, he was, he was a real down to earth individual. He was, he was cool. He was good.
0: That's
2: but, awesome. You know, got lucky in life, you know.
0: You know, it, it, Jack. You know, uh, you 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 are. Uh, oh gosh, you know. You
2: guys got to read my book. I wrote a great book, you know.
0: No, go ahead and talk about
2: it. Oh yeah, I got. You got to go to familylegacythenovel.com And there's a book that I wrote called Family Legacy. We're getting ready to make a movie out of it, and then we're gonna do a series because I'm going to write three more books. And and I tell the truth about New York, about my father, about uh, the, I tell the truth about the Kennedy assassination, that, you know, it's, we're not, it's It's time to tell the truth about a lot of things that happened in the country.
1: Family Legacy what?
2: Family Legacy, the novel.com. Great site. Absolutely. And, and when is it, uh, it uh,
0: this book is out right now? Oh, yeah. Can we get yeah. it on Amazon, or can we get yeah, it on... Yeah, you go know,
2: takes you... That site takes you
0: right to Amazon. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Awesome. Yeah,
2: no, it's a great read. You'll love it. Oh, no, uh, no She totally made totally. the oh, reviews. I'm, I'm the definitely going to read it. The reviews are good. It's, a five, it's a five-star book on Amazon. I'll eat that the,
1: stuff up with a spoon. Oh, the, the reviews are
2: terrific. It's, it's, it's uh... <laughs> it's, but but we did, what I did was, you, you know... Everybody does these mob stories, and they make up the... Like, you ever see The Irishman? Have you seen The Irishman? Oh, yeah. yeah. That,
0: that, that's, actually, total I, actually, fabrication. that's based on some true shit, actually.
2: No bullshit. I knew Frank Sheeran very well. <laughs> Frank Sheeran's from Philadelphia. I mean, I knocked him on his ass one time. Frank Sheeran's from Philadelphia, and he he, he was a driver for Hoffa, and uh, and, and Buffalino was a good yeah, friend of mine. He, didn't he...
0: Didn't he burn down that, 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 uh, that, uh, dry, dry cleaning place? Didn't he burn that down for...
2: Well, he did several things. You know, yeah. he was, a, he was Allegedly. a wacko. No, he was a wacko, but he never, he never killed Hoffa, and he never killed Joey Gallo. Oh,
0: okay, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I knew oh, that. No, oh, yeah, I knew he that, but, killed, but, but I knew, you know,
2: like... That's, that's Hollywood taking the license, because they're stories that everybody's always looked for the answers from, you understand?
0: Know yeah.
2: And... The deal is that he didn't kill Hoffa. He drove Hoffa around. He drove Hoffa,
0: but he didn't kill
2: Hoffa. And Russell Buffalino's brother was Hoffa's lawyer, mm-hmm. Billy, Billy Buffalino. Russell, Russell was a good guy. Russell came from Buffalo, and he went out to western Pennsylvania. And he Russell was connected heavily with Washington, D.C., big time. Yeah, Russell was the was it was a I liked Russell. Russell was a good guy. I knew Russell <laughs> when I was a kid, and he was a, you
0: know. <laughs> yeah.
2: But they and, and, and you have to have. I mean, Bobby De Niro is a great actor. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Pacino's a good actor. You know, I, you know, I I couldn't. Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy was very Irish looking. He, was, he didn't look Italian at all. Yeah. And I will say the and, movie was and, long. and Frank Sheeran. I, I could, was I my question. size Frank Sheeran's my size, yeah. Bobby De Niro is five foot eight. Oh, <laughs>
0: and, you know, okay.
2: Right? So it just, I, when I saw the picture, I said, wait a minute, you know,
0: but you know, it's a, it, 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 the acting in well, it was they're good. they're gonna take some license, Jack. They're obviously well, gonna take some license, buddy. Yeah, but no, was
2: she was good, see, you know, it was, uh, the acting, you couldn't knock the acting, but you know, when you're telling the story about the, and I live the story, so I, it, to me, it just drove me crazy, I just,
1: I'm sure most mob movies uh, drive you crazy.
2: Well, because I mean, people, a lot of books that people write are such garbage. You know, they, they uh, it's, like, it's like, you know what? It's like if you're standing in a schoolyard and you got 10 kids lined up and you whisper a story in the first kid's ear.
0: Yeah, yeah. And it just goes by the down time
2: the line. 10 kid gets it, it's a total different story. Right. You know?
0: Right. But
2: it's, uh, you know, it's, you just got to. Um, so what we're doing is we're telling the story of how organized crime, the government, industry, and the unions were all partners for a lot of years. Oh yeah. There was a partnership. I mean there was there were things that things were just they worked together a lot of them. And I you know, when I was a kid and I was raised up in Philadelphia, we never locked our front door.
0: No. Nope.
2: And you cannot, Yeah, no, it's the exact and now, that, now it's the it. exact no opposite. Now It's the exact opposite now, You know?
0: Right.
2: It was all different. I mean, when people ran the neighborhoods, they watched over their neighborhoods, and they watched over them well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it was uh, a lot of uh, just the, the, our society has changed quite a bit. And I think that the one key thing missing in our society is the word respect. People yeah. don't respect themselves, how are they going to respect anybody else?
0: Right. No, I agree. I agree. I, I and,
2: get... You know people you have kids that are on their phones tweeting everywhere. Nobody talks to people anymore. Everybody's on the internet or they're on their phone or and they're they're texting people. They don't speak, they don't meet people face to face anymore.
0: Well, I, you know? I do I do like touching people, Jack. So do I. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I not, mean a lot. Not texting, I, I, touching, touching, you know, like, well, like really weirdly. So I really like touching people. And so, <laughs> <laughs> well, well, you what, and Brando well, got on well, well, whether well. they like it or not. I, I, really like it. It's a.
1: You really got on well with Brando. <laughs> <laughs> I, would loved, I would have loved to have gotten along with Brando. Now I, I just read in a book where they said that the 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 worst thing to happen to Vegas. Was to get the mob out. Be- well, it
2: was because
1: you, let me tell you, when I was a kid,
2: you would not think of committing a crime in Vegas because there was only one way in and one way out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you <know? Yeah. laughs> and,
2: and you wouldn't think of committing a crime there. And today, the strip is terrible. I mean, it's, and it's, it's, the high rollers don't go there anymore. It's all slot machine people. You know, it's, yeah. uh... Well, the
1: high roller's, like, the, going, like, to Macau and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, it's it's a whole different kettle of fish there now. That, it's not the I same what as it was... I mean, the old days, people yeah. dressed up to go to shows, you know. The casinos were were a whole different... It was a whole different thing. And you had... I mean, the thing that... I think the first thing that turned the, the town upside down was, was the junkets. But you had a lot of people coming out there with a wing and a prayer. and Yeah. You know, people weren't spending money the way. They, I mean, waitresses—they used to have shows in the little rooms. You—you you could see Diana Ross and the Supremes in the little room.
0: Right. In yeah. the
2: old days, and and the waitresses were making two, three hundred dollars a day. When the junkets came in, they were all of a sudden just making fifty, sixty dollars a day. Yeah. So you, the money dried up. And, you know, and it was the a performers
1: different... said working in mob clubs was the best. Yeah. Because. Uh... Well, no one really messed with them. Yeah, exactly. Right. Nobody and, messed with uh, them, and the money like, was good. And they're like, you always got paid. Oh, yeah. And you never made fun of people in the audience. That's right.
2: No, it was a different, it was all different class of deal. It was a different...
1: I read a, st- <laughs> pretty awesome I read a statistic where, like, uh, when the mob, in theory, ran Vegas, allegedly. Allegedly. There was only two attempts to rob a casino. It never would here.
2: you think of. I'm telling you, you would not think of committing a crime. They said the one guy I mean,
1: almost made it to the door.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it never was. It was a whole different, whole different kettle of fish, boy. Trust me when I tell you.
0: A, <laughs> I do like a good di- kettle of fish.
2: Yeah, it was a different deal, boy. But it was a better town too. I liked it better. I mean, you know, it wasn't meant to be as big as it is. It it wasn't for kids. It was well, and help. they've got a bad they have a bad drug problem there now, but I mean really bad.
0: My friend <laughs> no, come there. on. It was it was mob Ma brand, My man. Mom. There was there was drugs. My there friend lives on no there drugs. They there's
1: gangs. They got a bad
0: meth denied. problem over there, there, there There's Gunshots all over the place. Yeah. 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 Well, I I agree. I agree. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I get
2: it. Well, that's, you know like the, the meth the meth the meth problem creates a lot of crime. Right? Yeah, so. that's that's
0: real bad. Yeah. Yeah, we're that's, not talking about weed. We're this you know? bad deal over there. No, that's legal. Yeah, that's, that's legal. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that works. Well, Jack, I would love to talk to you all night long, man. You are uh, phenomenal, and I'm definitely going to have you on again. Your stories uh, I, are amazing. Oh, by God. Is that a promise or a threat? Uh, it, both. <laughs> 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 I, I, I think I just found a new best friend. uh so <laughs> I
1: legacy. It's a great book. You really will. Oh, I'm totally getting it. Yeah, I, I love getting it. Get that. So, and everything that's in it is old Hollywood mob. Oh, you've ticked all of it.
0: If there's Gosh. strippers in
1: it, I mean, it's all good.
0: Exactly. You, you, got, you got people actually throwing pussy at Robert Mitchum. <laughs> <laughs> like throwing stars. Like I, exactly. Like I, I'm not talking like I'm not talking like uh, uh, what are they uh, uh, metaphorically? Yeah. No, I'm talking. Factually, it's a fact. Oh, well, I was here, I
2: couldn't believe my eyes. I said, whoa. <laughs> I like, pulled, like, it's a good
0: thing I pulled him out of the way. I'm exactly. So. Like, what's that a metaphor for? Uh, pussy being thrown at Mitchum. C- that's, that, that's the could metaphor. You,
1: could you imagine that news story? Uh, today in London,
0: <laughs> Robert Mitchum was hit by
1: flying pussy.
0: flying <laughs> clitoris. It was, <laughs> got him right in the eye. <laughs> it was a gas, man. I'll
2: tell you something. It's a... Uh... I laughed
1: I really I, we, had a, we had a great chuckle over that actually what a great life you've led mm. Been I,
0: pretty fortunate I love this guy yeah, yeah. I, I
1: hope I, you I, couldn't plan a life this good I, I don't think so
0: I, I I hope you've had fun with us uh, Jack I, no just I mean, yeah, good man this is a great rap for sure <laughs> next time he comes on stop he's sick again <laughs> actually uh, uh, you're on with uh. Uh, me and, uh, uh, Jay was my, uh, host, uh, guest host for, uh, a year, a couple of years. Two years. And then, uh, he stepped out, and my, uh, co-host right now, uh, he's sick, so I gave Jay a call, and he came in and sat down with us again, which was awesome. Um, so, yeah, you got, you got, to, you got to hear Jay. Yeah, I could listen to you all night long. <laughs> I, I'd like to move into your
1: spare bedroom and just have you tell me stories <laughs> all the time. <laughs> I just
0: want to, yeah, exactly. I just want to sit across from this guy. I'd be be happy
1: to take punches for you now.
0: Do do you drink scotch, Jack? Say what? Do you drink scotch? I don't drink at all. Ah, damn it. Me either. I don't drink at all. Oh, okay. Well, Well, I gave it
2: up for Lent Lent one year and never did it again.
0: Then then, then I'll sit across from you and drink scotch and listen to you talk. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, well, uh, tell us, uh, tell everybody, uh, uh, give everybody a... Talk about your studio. Talk about about your studio. Talk about you and... uh, Promote whatever you got going on. what you got going on, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jack. I really appreciate you coming on, and uh, I'm definitely going to get back in touch with you again, and uh, yeah, this is definitely going to have to happen again, uh, because I know you've got... You've got more in the well. So. <laughs> Take care, guys, and stay out of trouble, will you? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I guarantee nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, know man. About
1: you. I know about you, Illinois boys, you know. That's where
2: acting came from. Hackman came from a little town in Illinois.
0: Oh, Hackman did? Yeah.
2: Yeah. He's from down. I almost went to Southern Illinois University.
0: Yeah, oh, oh, shit. Where did Hackman come from?
2: Hold on. They gave me a great football scholarship there. I almost went to school there. Oh, at uh, 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 U
0: of I? No, Southern. Yeah, Southern Illinois, yeah. Oh, SIU, okay. Oh, that was a party town, dude. They had, oh, I, not, not as good as Western Kentucky,
2: my man. No. Bowling Green, Kentucky, the ratio was 8 to 1. Thank you very much.
0: They had to shut down. They had to shut down Halloween. <laughs> That's no shit. They had to shut down it like it got so bad they actually had to shut down Halloween because it just got fucking crazy. Really? Yeah.
2: You guys have a bad reputation, man. No wonder oh, yeah. that was what. Now yeah. I know what's wrong with acting. <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, this is where you need to come. You need people from Illinois to come act. Uh, let me know if you ever need me, Jack. I, I'm there for you, man. I, 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 I'm there for you, Don't Jack. fall for it, Jack. He's a crappy actor. <laughs> he lived in Danville. I'm shitty as hell. No, I didn't live in Danville. Fuck you. No, Gene Hackman, no, Gene I Hackman care about you? No, Gene Hackman lived in Danville. You
1: lived in some hill. That's right down. there. You know
0: what? Who, that makes sense. Hoosiers. Because Danville is like 45 feet from the border.
1: Yeah,
0: here's the thing about Danville. He's, I
2: know he's from Southern Illinois, there. Yeah, Danville, little town, Southern Illinois. Yeah, here's the thing
0: about Danville. Um, If you if you go into Indiana on Sunday and you try to get beer, like you're going to the Colts game, uh, there's no beer sales on Sunday in Indiana. So you got to turn around. You got to come back to Danville. Well, the only liquor store in Danville, or or like uh, like across the border, is in Danville. And it's right across. This is no shit. Right across from a prison. Okay. Oh, prison. <laughs> really? Like, like so? You got, like so? I know Danville prison. I've heard
2: about that. Yeah, prison, yeah
0: and, and it's know. literally. There's a liquor store. No shit. Right across the street. There's a fence. There's a street, and there's a liquor store. So. Well,
2: that's it. it. See, uh, in Oklahoma used to be a dry state. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, totally dry. And and I I spent time in Oklahoma one time back in the 70s, early 70s. In fact, I laid down there until I got rid of a beef. I spent some time. No one could find me. No one ever believed I would be in Oklahoma. (laughs) In
1: Oklahoma. We've checked 49 Oklahoma
2: was a dry state. And they they had a, as you drove, if you drove, as you were driving into Oklahoma from Texas, you know, there was a liquor store right there at the border. And. This guy had cases of beer stocked five deep all the way around his whole store. Right. On the outside.
0: On I the mean, outside.
2: Everybody stopped there, yet inside of Oklahoma, there was more moonshine than you ever <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> The moonshine guys made a fortune. It was a trip. <laughs> I loved Oklahoma. Oklahoma was kind of crazy, boy. Nut people, oof.
0: Well, yeah, there, there's not a lot of branching of trees there, you know if you know what I mean there, Jack. <laughs> I got real ma, close ma, with the Sock and Fox Indians
2: there. I like to have a good time. Sock Fox Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe was probably the greatest athlete that America ever absolutely,
0: produced. Absolutely,
2: absolutely. And he was from the Sock and Fox Indians in Oklahoma.
0: That's oh, okay, where well, from. the, the, the Socks and the Fox, they, they're up here in Illinois as well, like here at Star Brock. That was uh, that was uh, the two tribes that were actually at war at Starved Rock. So oh, there Rocks, you go. The Indians were Illinois. The tribe was we, we called the Illinois, oh, Illinois and Fox, right? Was it? We Illinois could talk Rocks history or? all yeah, day. Yeah, Illinois and Fox. <laughs> What's this? That. We could talk history all day. Oh, actually Oh, history. I love history. I I listen to uh, I listen to one of my favorite podcasts that I listen to just nonstop is uh Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. And if you haven't looked that up, look that up, uh absolutely just I could listen to it for his his uh his it was like a five-part series on World War 1 was mind-blowing.
2: World War 1. Yeah. So we became a war-bearing country.
0: World War I. Oh, World War One was, uh, it, it, it changed everything. It, 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 Jack, do yourself a favor, look up Dan Carlin, and it's called uh, Path to Armageddon, I think is the, mm-hmm. is the series that, that, that's part of it, but look up Hardcore History with Dan Carlin, and you'll thank me for the rest of your fucking life. i
2: have to look it up. I remember when I wrote my book, and I gave it to five high school kids, you know, to read. And because I wanted to see the reaction of people because I used all the real names Lansky and everybody And they went to the library and they looked all the stuff up and they came back to me and they said How come they never teach us this in school? <laughs> really? You know?
0: Right, right
2: They told a lot of truth about different things that go on
0: Well, I can't, re- I can't wait to read it, Jack. I can't wait to read it um, You'll enjoy it Absolutely all right, everybody, we have been talking to Jack O'Halloran, and he is a Hollywood legend. The people that he's been talking about and met and knows. He was in Superman 2. He was the he was the big guy. He's the bad guy uh, in Superman 2. Um, that was always trying to shoot laser beams but couldn't quite get it done right. Uh, he was Emil Muzz in Dragnet. He, he fought George Foreman. He fought Kenny Norton. He is a Hollywood legend. If you don't know him, google him look him at him on imbd uh it's been an absolute pleasure jack an absolute pleasure talking to you and he didn't beat up christopher reeve and he did not beat up christopher <laughs> reeve even though he, deserved uh, he really deserved it he should have got his ass kicked but he also <laughs> on the other side said there's nobody ever going to play superman better than christopher reeve C- true gentlemen love you jack and thank you so much for coming on buddy
2: you guys take care, man. Thanks a lot. Thank you. We'll hook
0: up again, brother. I promise. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well,
1: why don't you finish this up? Did you this?
0: guys fucking hear
1: that? Why don't you finish this up while it's recording? <laughs> okay. All
0: right. Um, all right. Everybody. This is spoiler
1: country also. Uh, check out the website here. I'm going to plug my shit. Yeah, knock, knock yourself uh, out. Uh, check out the uh, K-Files. I almost called it the K-Spot because I always joke that's what she's called. But the K-Files, that's uh, Sarah Varner, our old guest on here. Oh, Sarah, I she, touched her she, K-Spot one. She is uh, writing uh, articles <laughs> that are actually well thought out and researched. Uh, Sarah's fantastic. Researched she's lovely. Unlike uh, the articles that I write there in Roach's Den.
0: Blake Levitan.
1: So uh, go check it out. We have a, a whole spoiler verse going on there.
0: All right. And uh, you can always find us at myworstholiday.com. You can find or me at m.w.holiday. You can find me at Instagram at MW underscore holiday and on Twitter at mwholiday. Sure, yep. And oh, look at that. Wow, oh, we got a lot of things going on here. Yeah. And uh, always, you can send us money at Patreon, myworstholiday at patreon.com. Uh, I know that was so fucking cool. Thank you, Claude. And uh, You can just pay mail
1: feed cash.
0: From a room next to my bathroom oh, in my basement, sh- This has been my worst holiday. Good night everybody.